0: Welcome! Thank you for listening to another faith-generating word by David Entry. God has packed life in the words of an anointed man of God. Prepare your heart to receive and for your life to change through this anointed message. Be blessed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, Born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints. The forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Amen. Somebody say, I believe. believe. Say it again I believe. believe. That's what makes you a Christian. Not how you behave, but what you believe. Is what makes you a Christian. Hmm. See, I believe, in the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Say it again. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Say it one more time. I believe in the Holy Spirit. So I believe in the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ, before he left, he told, he told his disciples that um Tari in Jerusalem, until you are endued with power. And by that, he was talking about the Holy Spirit. In the, in the book of John chapter 7, verse 37, the Bible said, uh, at the last day of the feast, Jesus Christ rose up, and with a loud voice said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. For as the scriptures have said, he who drinks from me, out of his belly, he who believes on me, out of his belly shall flow in the rest of the earth. Verse 39 said, but this he spake concerning the Holy Spirit, which should be poured out on those uh, who believe in him, at that time, he had not yet been glorified. He hasn't died. So the Holy Spirit was supposed to come upon people after Jesus dies. In Galatians chapter 3, verse 13, it says that uh, Christ has delivered us from the curse of the Lord, having been made a curse for us. For it is written, curse is anyone who hangs on the tree that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us, the Gentiles also, that we might receive the Holy Spirit. That's interesting. That is is at the end. But that's the ultimate. It's not just Abraham and financial prosperity, but it's Holy Spirit's endowment. But the Holy Spirit cannot come upon you until you are in Christ. So Christ has to die on the cross to take care of our sins so that the Holy Spirit can come upon us. And so, now when we talk about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is the, the one who makes... This is nice. You can't have church without the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what makes the church. The one who makes the church. Church. Somebody say church. Church. Yeah, The spelling of the church is Holy Spirit. Church. So when you cut, you dissect the church, you don't find human beings. Human beings are the peripheral. You cut. It's the core of the church is, is Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. What's the name of that chocolate? Boy, something, something. Kinda, <laughs> huh? kinda. It's easy to remember. Kinda. Bueno. When you break it, there's an inside it, That's when you have the Lindo. It, hard on the inside, outside. But when you put it in your mouth, what you are actually eating is the core inside the soul. It's gooey. <laughs> Inside it, is the actual, yeah. Many, many medicine that are sugar coated. Don't put it in your mouth and be licking it. Because very soon, the coat will just go on. and then you meet the active ingredient. If you temper with the Holy Spirit, If you temper with the with the sword, with the church, you you bite into the Holy Spirit. If it's true church, Acts chapter five, verse three, Ananias and Sapphira, Ananias came and says that we have sold this for this amount of money, and Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? but I'm just dealing with church. Is the Holy Spirit the one behind it? The Holy Spirit, in uh, Acts chapter 13, verse 2. While they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, ah, but where, 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 where is the Holy Spirit? He's in the church. You, you don't see him. It's the Holy Spirit that makes church, church. Wow. So he said, I believe in the Holy Spirit. It is not, um, it's not just an idea. It's a, it's a fact and he's a personality. The Holy Spirit is not an it. Now, when we are Apostles' Creed, when we say I believe in the Holy Spirit, what we, are, what we mean is the Holy Spirit who is equally God. Yes. Right there you realize we are talking about the Trinity because I believe in God the Father Almighty. I believe in and in His Son, Jesus Christ. Did you see that? Not in Jesus Christ, just in and in His Son. God the Father God the Father Almighty, God the Son Almighty, and God the Spirit. And so, the, our God is trini, Trinity, is Trinity. Our God is, and the Creed is tr- Trinitarian Creed. So when you say, I believe in the Holy Spirit, what, what we are saying is that we believe in the person of the Holy Spirit who is God. Not like equally God, but he God. God, he himself is God much as the Father is God and the Son is God. So, I believe in the Father, he's God. I believe in the Son, he's God. I believe in the Holy Spirit, he's God. But you realize that in the Apostles' not too much was said about the Holy Spirit. So, it talks about, he shall come to judge the living and the dead, then moves on to the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Holy Spirit, then moves on from the Holy Spirit. Much of the focus was on Jesus, his, his, only, his only Son, our God. Who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered at the, all about Jesus, crucified, died, was buried. He descended into hell. The third day rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven. Seated at the right hand of God, from there shall come to judge the living. About 10 facts. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Then we move on. But it's not because the Holy Spirit is not, it's not important. The job of the Holy Spirit is actually to help you to understand all this that has been said about Jesus. That, that, that's what He is. There is, if you look for the Holy Spirit, you will never find him. You only find Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy Spirit, where are you? Holy Spirit, where are you? I'm looking for the Holy Spirit. Say, yeah, I'm here. Oh, I can hear you. I'm here. Yeah, Holy Spirit, where are you? Holy Spirit, where are you? I'm here. I, I can hear you say, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. He said, this not anywhere. He said, I'm here. Then by the time you come, say, I'm here, all you find is Jesus. I said the Holy Spirit, I'm I'm speaking. Yeah, he said, this this, this is me. He said, but this is Jesus. He said, yeah, that's me. That's me. I'm I'm the Holy Spirit. I'm the Holy Spirit. And I only show Jesus. Jesus is the expression of God. So the Father is expressed in Christ. And the Holy Spirit's job is just to express Jesus. Express Jesus. Express Jesus. So those who said they have met the Holy Spirit, don't mind if they are not serious. (laughs) Anybody who said I've met the Holy Spirit, it's met something else because the Holy Spirit, you <laughs> only meet Jesus. I believe in the Holy Spirit. And then I want to move on from there. Is that okay? <clears throat> the Holy Universal, or in some traditions, they say the Catholic Church. So anytime you come across a Apostle's Creed, Holy Catholic Church, the word Catholic is universal. Another word for universal, which is not necessarily Roman Catholic. Roman Catholic, Roman Universal Church. So the Holy Catholic Church is the Holy Universal Church. All Christians everywhere in the, uh, uh, ever, who have lived in the whole world. So the Christians who are here, Christians who are in America, Christians who are in Canada, Christians who are in Saudi Arabia, Christians who are in North Korea, Christians who are in Africa, uh, not Africa, a, a country, I'm mentioning country, then Africa's. Why do they do that? Africa is not a country. It's a continent. Christians who are in Australia, Christians who are in Zimbabwe, Christians who are in uh, Botswana, Christians who are in Morocco, and Christians who are everywhere. We are all one. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4. There is one body. Let's all say that together. Say it again, please. There is one body. I would love it if you can say it louder. There is one body. So, there is one body. There's one body. Everywhere in the world, there is one body. One body. One body. One body. One body. The Christians here, worshipping in Peckham, are not different from the Christians uh, in Kingston, worshipping. The Christians here, worshipping in Peckham are not different from the Christians in New Cross worshipping. It doesn't matter where you are. That's the beauty of the body of Christ. The body of Christ cannot be defined by the limits of an organization. So then you say, all those who are in Redeemer are Christians. All those who are not in Redeemer are not Christians. How can you re- reduce the body of Christ to that? How can it? To a denomination. So the fact that someone is in the Methodist, no, it he can't be a Christian. The fact that someone <clears throat> excuse me the fact that someone is in weakness is a Christian. Or someone is in courage is a Christian. How many of you know there are people in Christ who go to hell? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just that there will not be too many, but quite a few. <laughs> there, there will be a few who go to hell. <laughs> there are Christians in prison. They are Christians. So you can't say someone is prison, you can't be a Christian. You can't you can't define the limits of the body of Christ based on location, geographical location or human organization. Yeah. No, the body of Christ is universal. So he said, the holy universal church, the holy, in spite of your location, you can still be in a body of part of the body of Christ. In Romans chapter 12, verse 4 and 5. And all members have not the same office. Oh, that's nice. All members have not the same office. Let's all say that together. All members have not the same office. Let's say it again. All members have not the same function. All have <laughs> not the same office. We don't have the same function. Your eye, your, the way the eye operates is different from the way your nose operates. The way your nose operates may be different from the way your feet operate. Even though sometimes, some people, <coughs> Their nose run and their feet smell. <laughs> it should be the other area, isn't it? Is their feet that should run? <laughs> Some of you have not done that. You are not thinking. <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but different. In the same way, in the body of Christ, there are different members, but we are not all the same. And God will use us for different, different, different things. So He says that even though they are at the body, as the body has many members, I like that. For us, as we have many members in one body, and all. Members have not the same office. So we. Oh, hallelujah. So we, being many, are one body in Christ. The body of Christ is the church. The body of Christ is, is a, we are a body, not a building. A body, not a business. Now, we are, An organization, yes, to a certain extent. But what we are more than an organization is an organism. (laughs) The body is an organism, not just an organization. We are an organization because organization there must be systems in place and all that. But the difference between an organism and an organization is that to organize you can. You see the way car. I, I get, sometimes you've got to find out that some of the parts are manufactured somewhere. Many parts. So the engine is manufactured here. The, uh, the, uh, as, so sometimes the, where you see the car drive out, it's just an assembling plant. They bring different parts, different parts, put them together, and then they drive together. Sometimes you can remove a whole door and the car will still be driving. Or. You can do something to the door, and the car will still drive. But you know they can put an injection in your little toe, or when a snake bites people. Over there, but with a short time, the whole body is dead. Because whatever affects the toe is going to affect the brain. It's going to affect the eyes. Because the same blood, the same one life. life. So the difference between an organism and organization it's organization, different parts being brought together. An organism is one shared life. They all share the same life. So when, that's why we are connected to one another. We are one in the church. And what's the life? It's the life of Christ that runs through all of us. So it doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter your, your status. Once you are in Christ, we are all one. That is why it is wrong for discrimination to enter the church. It's wrong. Whatever discrimination uh, based on race, based on gender, based on <laughs> class. When we come to church, status shouldn't matter. We will not give you promotion because of your education. Let's have that clear. I have You know, PhD in public relations. So we should make you a minister. (laughs) I have this, uh, this is my education. I am a chartered accountant. So I should be the one in charge of the finance team. (laughs) With your. (laughs) We don't give you position because of your background. We give you position because of who you are in Christ and your dedication to the work of God. So, in church, he said in Colossians chapter 2, verse 11 or so, he said, There's no female, there's no male, there's no Jew. He said, But Christ is all. I think we should read that scripture. I love that scripture. Is somebody learning something at all? The book of Colossians. Okay, it's three eleven. Verse ten says that, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Verse eleven. Those of you who have Bibles, shall we read it aloud? Let's go. I love that. What was it? it? said Christ is. He didn't say Christ in all. Christ is all first and in all. So there's no, the, 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 the categories where there is no Jew, there's, there's no Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, all those things, whether you are a slave, you are a business owner, you are a slave owner, you don't bring it in church. You don't break it in church. There's no room, I think I recently, I shared something on, there's no room for anybody in church. There's no room for your education in church. There's no room for your exposure in church. There's no room for your culture in church. There's no room for your race in church. There's no room for your background in church. There's no room for your gender in church. There's no room for your for your expertise in church. There's only one room for only one, and Bible says that in the church, it is Christ and nothing. Christ in all. Christ is all. Christ is all. Let's not say Christ is, all. Christ is all. So when you say I believe in the uh, universal church, we are saying that it's a body of Christ, and Christ is the one that... So do you know the difference between an organism and an organization as well? An organism just grows. Organization is just adding parts but organism grows so but as i'm speaking many thousands are being added to the body of Christ in different places the church is actually growing every day it's growing it's growing. and we are the same body hallelujah Amen. and so um, i believe in the universal church is the body of Christ don't ever tell somebody because you don't belong in my church you are not a christian never And don't say Christians are only those in this particular category. No, never. Never. There are Christians everywhere because it's the uh, universal body. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy universal church. Can I add forgiveness of sins? Say forgiveness of sins. sins. You don't want me to talk about forgiveness of sins. Hey, you. Today, you. You. That's actually, that's actually what makes you a Christian. A Christian is someone who says, Forgive me! I've got joy, peace, grace, and favor. I'm there's one part of it said, Forgiving. Forgiven. Listen. Write it somewhere. Maybe you can change your status. Write it there. Forgiven. For life. Hallelujah. Forgiven. For life. No more charge against you. That's the beauty of Christianity. No more charge against you. From God. No more charge. Bible says that if you don't believe that I am the son of God, you will die in your sins. Hey! But Revelation chapter 14, it says, blessed are they who die in the Lord. You die in the Lord, but some will die in their sins. If you believe that, if you do, it said, if you don't believe that Jesus is the Lord, you will die in your sins. So what it takes not to die in your sins, sins is believing that Jesus is the Lord. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7 talks about how in him we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Wow. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. In Mark chapter 2, Jesus looked at somebody and he said, son, your sins are forgiven. And the Pharisees said, who is this man? Who commits this blasphemy? Who can forgive sins? By God. Jesus, look at them. For you, and he said, for you to know that the son of man has power on earth to forgive sin. He turned to the man of the power of sin, And he said, son, arise, take up your bed and work. Walk. Walk. Forgiveness of sins can only be found in Christ. And watch this. If you are a Christian, then ee, I now got it. I now got it. I got it. If you are a Christian, you don't have any right to say that sin cannot be forgiven. Pastor, you don't know what I did. I don't think even I can forgive myself. Let alone God. You have to repent from your sins. Somebody came to a certain pastor one day. I said, Pastor, I have a problem. I'm, I'm praying. My, my, it doesn't seem like God is forgiving my sins. I prayed. And the man said, If you want to be forgiven your sins, then you have to repent. Yeah, yeah, I've done it. I've repented and I've asked God to forgive. He said, you have to repent. He said, yeah, pastor, that's all I've been doing. He said, you don't get it. Repent from the mindset that your sins cannot be forgiven. That mindset is that you have to repent from it. There is no sin on earth that the blood of Christ cannot, apart from rejecting the blood that can wash your sin. The sins that cannot be forgiven is the sin of rejecting what forgives sins. When you are Christian, guess what? Your sins are forgiven. Yeah, I, 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 know you've done, I know you've done some stuff. But that's why Christ had to go through so much. Simply because of you. The thief on the cross said to him, said to the other thief, that we deserve what we are doing, what we are going through, but he has not done anything wrong. So how dare you raise an accusation against him? He's innocent. He's not, he never died for his sins. He died for our sins. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse three. He said, "My gospel, Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures. He died. Why did Christ die? For I can't hear you. For I think you should personalize it now. Why did Christ die? For my I can't hear you. For my Someone lift up your right hand and say, Christ died for my sins. Christ died for my sin. Say it again. Christ died for my sins. For my sin. He said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Hallelujah. he said the righteous for the unrighteous for God command, commended his love towards us this way in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died hallelujah, hallelujah. Yeah. Romans chapter 5 verse 8 God displayed his love for us this way how in that whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died for us Christ died for us. Bible said that he suffered. First Peter chapter 3, verse 18 and 19. He suffered that he might bring us to God. Ah! He might bring us to God. Second Corinthians chapter chapter 5, from verse 18, particularly 19. He said that God was in Christ. Ah! Reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses against them. Hallelujah. Why? Because Christ paid for the punishment for sins. And he died for all who come to him. Not only for some, but for all. And your sins are not exempt. The sins you have committed, the one you are committing. And The reason why it's actually a good news is even the ones you will commit. Hallelujah! He dropped the charges. There is now no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not affording them. Hallelujah! 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 To the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. The Lamb of God takes away. Worthy is the Lamb seated on the throne. Takes away the sin of the world. Look at what you see us. What distinguishes us is the fact that our sins are forgiven. No other religion can guarantee forgiveness of sins. It is what it is. No religion can guarantee. Uh, they can promise, they can suggest, but no religion. Can I tell you one story? I heard a certain American preacher say this. He said he was traveling from one state to the other. So, as they were on a plane for long, they started talking and said, "If I don't, if you don't mind, I, I can, can I ask what you do during the conversation?" The man asked the pastor, "I can ask what you do." And so. I am, um, I, 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 I tell people they don't have to die in their sins. Their sins can be, I think something like that. Or what. And the man is a Muslim. So they were chatting. Nice, I'm a very nice Muslim guy. They're having a conversation. And the pastor asked him, asked the Muslim that, um, ca- ca- can I ask you a question? After a conversation for a while, can I ask you a question? Uh, does Allah forgive sins? said, <laughs> so Does Allah forgive sins? He said, the man said, the Muslim said, I don't know, you know. I don't know. He said, I don't know, you know, maybe he might, but I don't know. And actually, actually, no, first of all, he asked him, do you commit sins? He said, oh, yeah, I do. Actually, I'm even going to commit (laughs) some (laughs) sin. Then he said, does Allah forgive sins? The man said, I don't know, you know. And then the pastor said, I know, I can tell you. He said, he doesn't. And he won't forgive you. (laughs) He doesn't forgive sins. He doesn't forgive and he will not forgive you. Because he can only forgive sins on one condition. The blood of Jesus. Not how loud you pray. Not how much you give. Not how much you dance. It's just based on one thing. How much he did on the cross. So God, God does not just forgive sins. Let us sink in. God does not just forgive sins. He cannot just forgive sins. And he doesn't just forgive sins because somebody is hoping for his sins to be forgiven. He doesn't do that. God can forgive your sins because you are pitiful. God does not, ah, this is going to be strong. God does not forgive your sins because you are sorry. No! Sorry! (laughs) You think because you are sorry, God has to forgive you? No! It doesn't work like that! But I'm very sorry for what I've done. It doesn't matter. So on what condition can he forgive my sins? When you believe the fact that don't go with your hands that are innocent. Your hands are not. Show him the hands of Christ. The pierced hands on the cross. He paid the price for your forgiveness. He paid the price for your forgiveness. Shout hallelujah. So when you are in Christ, you are guaranteed forgiveness of sin. God does not punish the believer when he's coming to judge us again. He's not coming to judge us, to punish us because any punishment that will come to a believer has already been to Christ. He comes to judge us, to reward us. God disciplines the believer. He doesn't punish the believer. He said, don't be moving with that boy. Don't be moving with that girl. You are doing it. God will discipline you. He will not punish you, but he will discipline you. Because punishment has already been taken. For the Christian, Christ has taken our punishments. Say, I believe in forgiveness of sins. I believe in forgiveness of sins. I think as I end now, think about the sin charge the enemy is throwing at you. You know, you have some sins. You don't have to even think beyond today. Yes. Some of you, even in this service, <laughs> but if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, if you're in Christ, then when you're about, about to say, I believe in forgiveness of sins, think about whatever sin, okay. whatever sin, say whatever sin, whatever. say whatever sin, whatever. as you think about it, your confidence should be in the blood of Christ, Amen. lift up your right hand. Say, I believe, I believe in forgiveness of sins. Now, if you don't have any sin to think about, that's also good news. Right. But say, I believe in forgiveness of sins. Forgiveness of sins. Say it again. I believe, I believe in forgiveness of sins. Because of the cross of Christ. Of Christ. In, Jesus name. in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. You're welcome to Connect with David Entry on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn. You can also find more life-changing messages from Carriage Church on YouTube and all relevant streaming platforms. Don't forget to subscribe, like and share this message. Be blessed.